playing 18 to a full 60. Early leads to buzzer beaters. It all starts by getting on the board. Hello and welcome to On the Board, our very first episode. I hello. 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 We got hey. one there. We got two there. We got three. Three voices. My name is Colby McKee. I just want to start us off with telling a little bit about our, our uh, sporting history. Okay. Oh. Let's go back a little bit. Okay. Uh, I'd say my achievement in sport is probably scoring about 17 points in a high school junior varsity game That's against impressive. McCoy Colts. Whoa. Did you lose that game? No, we won. Uh, because first, of Colby. First round. Right. right. Uh, the man you just heard to my right I want to label you as the 1992 Smurf Bowling Champion, Mr. Jesse Christensen. Thank you. How are you, Jesse? I thought you forgot about it, but yeah, 1992 Smurf Bowling Champion. Would have made it to the big top if my mom just stopped taking me to bowling because it was cold in Moose Jaw. Okay. It was a a bad winter, so she said, you're done. Here I am. You hung it up. Yeah. Man, what could have been? Right? I could have been on TSN at 2 in the morning at the Skins game. Winning hundreds and hundreds of dollars. <laughs> Literally hundreds. Literally hundreds, yeah. <laughs> hundreds Literally. of dollars. Yeah, yeah. And to Jesse's right, Mr. 2010 mm-hmm. Chat TV Sports Star of the Week for uh-huh. the, your McCoy Colts, Mr. Yeah. Lance Dog. Yeah. Lance, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, reliving the glory days, my friend. <laughs> yeah. My, <laughs> my favorite line out of that was, yeah, that was fastball's not fast, but K. the location's great. It's just K. pinpoint. Come on. <laughs> I had to learn how to pitch from a young age. Shut up. It's fine. You know what? We're all here. We're Now we're talking sports. We're not playing it. No. That's okay. Well, the uh, the occasional slow pitch game. Yeah. yeah. We're using what God gave us as our voice. So anyways. True. Uh, on the board podcast, our very first podcast. Thank you so much for finding us. Uh, we're going to get right into it. we got a lot of stuff to talk about, both uh, national, worldwide sports, as well as locally. Our Medicine Hat Tigers made some news. Oh, did they? Last week, last Thursday, kind of a big blockbuster day for the franchise. Both of you work within... Uh, the Tigers organization. Yeah. Uh, give us a little bit of insight as to what happened. Well, I mean, how crazy is it? You you go on social media and you say that Sean Clouston, who's been with the team for how many years? Over a ha- decade. Has just decided to part ways with the team. A mutual uh, deciding that we're going to go our separate ways. And then immediately, like moments after that tweet comes out, the willy speculation begins. Yeah. Well, and that kind of started because they said that they were going to do another press conference the next day. Right. And I, I think the easy line to draw was, well, Willie doesn't have a job. And right. he's in town, right? Yeah. I mean, he's still at his in house here. He yep. still has the course in the area. He has his hockey academy. I mean, that's a pretty easy connection to make, whether or not it was actually going to happen. I mean, everyone just kind of ran with it. And then the Twitter reports came out and uh, very quickly, Greg Drinnen had it out of Kamloops where yeah. he said, Yeah, who's that guy? How did how did that guy, like I get tagged on Twitter that this dude out of Kamloops has the inside scoop that Willie Desjardins is going to be announced the, the Tigers head coach. And I'm like, who? Who the <laughs> hell is this guy? And then, and then he went and, and tagged his own Yeah, blog. right? As soon as I said, who are you or what is your site? Then he was nice enough to tag his site. Like, I'm going to go on there and that gives him credibility. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm not really sure who he is. I guess he's been around a minute. Oh, yeah? In any case, it happened. Willie Desjardins, the uh, new head coach. Here's the thing that bugs me. Like, so many people on social media were so excited and so eager to take a lick into Sean Clouston because of, you know, all the stuff that you may have heard behind the scenes that we don't really know if it, in fact, happened. But that guy, ever since he has became the head coach back in 2010... He has made the playoffs every year except for one, and that was 2015-16, where they needed the extra game against Edmonton. Yeah. Like, they were tied to make the playoffs. The guy has a really good legacy of being a head coach here in Medicine Hat. I mean, 
yeah, to be fair, like Willie's eight years with the Tigers, he made the playoffs every year sure. too. So we I mean, have been yeah. very lucky with coaches. Yeah, but I mean, the, I guess part of it's the market almost just says, "Okay, making playoffs is great." Yeah, Let, let's what let's make a push every now and then. And it's so tough in junior hockey because, I mean, now the the trend, I guess you could call it, is to load up and, and get a bunch of good players, and then you bring them in and you make a run at the cup like Swift did. And uh, like teams in the OHL seem to do each and every year, right? That cycle though is only once every four years or so. Exactly. Once they get exactly. that grad, that overage age, then you gotta you gotta go for it, and then you're back down to the bottom again. Exactly. And it was right. a funny thing, like looking at what Willie did in the time that he was here before, and he didn't really ever have a whole lot of top guys. Like I mean, sure we remember like Tyler Ennis very fondly and yeah. Brennan Bosch very fondly, but it was funny. I was looking at his last year when he went to the Memorial Cup against uh, the Vancouver Giants when they mm-hmm. lost in the Mem Cup final. Yep. I looked at that year. The team was led in points by Chris Russell, who had 69. The team was led in goals by Chris Stevens. Oh, remember really? Chris Stevens. Wow. Let's remember some guys. Chris yeah. Stevens okay. and Chris Russell each had 32 points. Or 32 32 goals, goals, rather. But then you look at the guys that were on this team. There's Chris Russell, Darren Helm, Derek Dorsett, David Schlemko, Chris Stevens, Tyler Ennis, Brennan Bosch, Kevin Undershoot, Jared Sauer, Dane Todd, and more. And so they had a lot of depth. And so it's like, okay, is that depth going to still work in today's junior hockey? Right. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's interesting because uh, I talked to Willie. He, he was on our morning show just a little bit ago, and he was saying that the way that he's going to coach is that it's not going to be just on one guy. And I think when you've seen a Sean Clouston team, there's always been that one or two guys that have been the only ones that are scoring. 100%. You yeah. look at Matt Bradley and Chad Butcher. Yep. Like Butcher had so many goals because there was so much on his back to go out there and score two or three goals every night. Even going back to Hunter Shinkarek and Everton yes. Eden way yeah. back in you know early Willie 2000s. Willie was never like that. Willie was able to have a team where like the whole three lines were able to go pump out goals for right. him. It wasn't just on one. Because you shut down that one guy in the playoffs like we saw in that Lethbridge series years ago. Yeah, They shut down Butcher they weren't able to score goals. They ended up losing. Exactly. I mean, also, to lead to that point, you talked about goaltending as well. Yeah. Um, Willie had a, a, a boatload of riches in terms of goaltending between Keatley and Tyler Buns, and, and the list goes on and on. I don't know if you can say the same fact in terms of uh, the quality of goaltending that Cluson also had as well. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, that's probably been the biggest Langhammer. difference. Yeah, Merrick was athletic. Like yeah. He was never positionally sound. No. Thomas Vosverda? Was, was he with Sean? I th- believe so. Yeah, actually, I think he. I think he I saw him been. on Twitter yeah. towards the beginning. Yeah, yeah I, I he wished think he him. Was, he was wishing you know. him. Yeah, but it, it, yeah, that's a good point, and so. I, I, I think that might be the biggest difference that Sean hadn't had that Willie did have in his eight years before was was a lot of steady goaltending. Because I mean, you figure on the top end of your goaltender, you're probably going to get what two solid years out of him, and then yeah. chances are he's drafted and gone or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and. So then, like, you, you look at this year's team case. So you have Mads. Yeah. Have, Which has to be your number one guy. Right. Now. I think. And I hate yeah. to say it. I love Jordan Hollett. And uh, I think I read that Hollett's uh, contract or something with Ottawa is up. So he's going back in the draft. Right. But, I mean, what do you do with Hollett? Like, you have two really good goaltenders. Do you do what you did last year and kind of do the the half and half for the. Was this year not his overage year, though? No, this I think he's This got, year will be. This, this year, year might He's be. got okay. one more year. Okay. So, I mean, what, what do you do? They, do? do they waste an overt spot on a goaltender who might be a backup? Well, they have before. And I don't know if this spot is necessarily wasted, no, though, yeah. but I mean, at the same right. time, it's like, 
What's, yeah, they what's they the other have, options? Let's get into it. What's the other? Hamlin. Okay. You have Tyler Prezuzo. Okay. You have Logan Christensen and Hayden Oster. Yeah. So four forwards. And then Jordan. So th- okay. those are your five those over are the five. So nobody on D. Nope. Okay. No, you got... That that's almost where I'm thinking something has to happen. Is I that mean, they have to bring if, in an older D. If you're looking yeah. at moving someone, you should probably because that D that D core is is good, but it's also young, and it wouldn't hurt to have like a veteran leadership kid on that blue line. Yeah, can I throw a couple names out at you? Yeah, absolutely. About guys that they could try and get. Sure. First one is Ty Smith from Spokane. Played on the World Juniors. Okay, first round pick of the Devils. Very offensively gifted. Yeah, yeah, very offensive. And I, l- looking at it right now, I'm not sure how many points the Tigers defensemen are going to put up. I mean, you're two nineteen. You have two nineteen year olds on the blue line. Two. Yeah, and it's Trevor Longo and Cole Clayton. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be elevated to that top pairing potentially. Right. Right. Yeah. So finding it, like I think they should go and find another nineteen year old, which Ty would be. Ty Smith. He's going to be nineteen. Right. The other one is Wyatt McLeod from Edmonton. Okay. And I feel like Edmonton would be a spot just considering they have they have so much defensive depth. Matthew I mean, Robertson we, yeah. and I mean Robertson's not going to go because he's, no, it's true. he's, he's so good. Are he's any gone. of those teams looking for goaltenders though, or would they well, be I'm looking not even for ne- not even necessarily to move Hallett, but I mean one of the forwards, one of the forwards, because the, like Edmonton and Spokane just seem like they make the most sense to me because they both have a lot of defensive depth, right? And I think they'd be in the market to take a twenty forward. And give up a little bit on the back end. I mean, you're gonna have to sweeten it. If you get Ty Smith, I mean, we saw what Jet Wu went for. Yeah, in wow. to go for, to Calgary. Was it multiple firsts on that one, or just a first? Uh, it was multiple picks. Yeah, it was picks for sure. Okay. I, I don't have it in front of yeah, me. Yeah, me neither. But but, uh, uh, but but it was a big haul, and so like Ty is probably gonna be more than than Jet Wu was for sure. But yeah. That seems like the two spots I would go to. I don't know. Maybe that's, I'm completely out. You know out what? That's a great point, though. And getting that that extra depth on defense is not going to hurt because no, they need it. We've seen how Linus Nassin got hurt. He spent a lot of the time uh, injured this past year, and, and multiple guys go down in the back end. You got to have some stability, I guess. Looking ahead to 1920, we got Willie now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, you know, you've heard the rumblings. You know, season tickets might be starting to increase a little bit. Uh, just kind of that stability force. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, because so, I think Jesse that's the big question. kind of like a comfort zone almost. That's yeah. the big question. With Willie back, I think now it's time for Medicine Hat to kind of put up or shut up. Because how, in this new barn, yeah. Yeah, how many people have said, I'm not getting season tickets until there's a coaching change? Which is the dumbest reason yeah. to not have season <laughs> tickets because the guy still got you in the playoffs. He did. So... I, I really hope, I hope that on a Wednesday night when Winnipeg Ice are in town, it's not a 1,200-person a game. Right, the those Winnipeg are Ice so, is a thing. Those are so quiet, and you can hear a pin drop in the arena, and it's just, it's not fun to be at those no. games. No. It's not ideal. I mean, Medicine Hat, let's be honest, it's a it's a last-minute town always. Yeah. And, Do you think uh, it gets better, though, Colby? Like, with w- Willie coming with in? With Willie? I mean... He wants to try to re- recreate that the arena days, and that's going to take a long, long time. Like this team has to have again prolonged success, and he has to be. But like, how far do the they have to go? Floor. I guess that's a big question. To be honest, I don't. I don't think there's any pressure on Willie. I don't think he has no. to do anything. No, he could go out there and have a stinker of a season. This city should still support this team because for years they've wanted Willie back. Right. They've welcomed him back with so open arms. So they got arms. it. So like you said, they it's got put it. up or shut up. You're, I agree. But they're, they, they're, they're going to have a fantastic team this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's going to be fun to watch. I, I'm really looking forward to watching Cole Sillinger a little bit more. Me too. Uh, I want to watch Mads again. Like th- This should be a great team. We just need the support that we had back in the old barn. It helps. And, and it was funny like hearing 
uh, Willie on with you and Jim, and then hearing Willie on uh, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. Okay. They had him on there. And it was funny how everything came back to community support. That's the thing. And yeah, I think that's what's going to be the big winner. Because when he was in here and he said, we have to be out more. We have to be out and interacting with our fans. Right. I was like, you nailed it. That is that is, that is what they want. How it's, how supportive have the players been with Kusin under control? Have they kind of contributed that that community volunteer act? I'm not... I'm not I, I of, think they're still, they still do. I mean, they still yeah. kind of have to, right? Being a part of the team. Right. But it, it, it sucked. It was very rare that you saw Sean Kusin outside of the Canalta Center. Very true, yeah. And, and he's, he's yeah. a nice guy. Very intimidating to talk to on game days. Very it, low, monotone yeah, voice. It's not uh, like I'm going to go up to him and be like, hey, coach, good <laughs> luck, buddy. After like, games, he would eat my fries. Well, so after like, games, he'd oh, give us... Oh, a lot of okay. that. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> okay. good. He'd give us fist pumps if the Tigers win. Like, it, That's cool. And it's cool to see the emotion. Like, when the Tigers clinch the playoffs, and he's that walking to the, his, the uh, locker room, yeah. mm-hmm. to hear him scream, yes! He did, hey? I was like, damn. That's I love that passion. Right. And it's not to say there's no passion with the team. No. It's just you hardly see him outside of being a coach. Where Willie is doing all these media appearances. He always loves, you know, coming and saying hi. He's golfing. He's doing all this stuff. Exactly. I don't know if people, he loves coming to say hi to us. Well, he I don't know if he loves it, but people <laughs> remember that, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. And it goes a long way. 100%. I, I think the community involvement, it's junior hockey, if you can get community support, it makes such a big difference. I mean, you can't tell me that Brooks didn't have help with the end jack from the fans. Yeah. Right? 100%, yeah. Like, you can't tell me that didn't make a huge difference knowing that they were going to pack the CRA each and every night. Talking about support, let's move on to the Toronto Raptors, shall we? Oh. Uh, Canada-wide support for those boys. Wasn't uh, game two the most watched now? Every most watched game, every game, every it just game keeps they happening. keep <laughs> jumping the last game's total. It's right. ridiculous. Well, it my wife, who doesn't care about sports, sat in front of the TV in that fourth quarter of game two and actually like screamed when Danny Green hit that three. Oh my goodness! Yeah. No, no one else it, on a regular season game would give two hits about that game, right? No, never. But the fact that you know this is it. This is Canada against the biggest. Best team in the NBA right Arguably, now. Arguably, exactly. And we potentially could win. 100%. Um, it's out there. Yeah, I mean, game one was one of the best games I think the Raptors could have played uh, yeah. in the entire playoffs. Siakam uh, getting that ball from Leonard after he get, Leonard gets double teamed, which is exactly how the Golden State Warriors had to defend Kawhi, and they did it again in game two. The only difference was game two didn't have a lot of uh, X factors, a lot of, a lot of guys hitting those shots. Uh, after the double team and playing basically four on three the rest of the way. Yeah, part of the problem was, well, I guess in my mind, I mean, what was it, like a 22-24-0 run to end the second start the third? Yeah, it was like an 18-0 run, and that was kind of just the gas. That it looked it, like it Thursday done. night men's league that Colby plays with. <laughs> exactly. It was just embarrassing. <laughs> I'm gassed on Thursday night. My <laughs> God, that was, that was awful. But, I mean, like outside of that, the Raptors won like from game two. They won the first quarter, won the second quarter, yep. won the fourth quarter. But the, the couple points that really stood out were... They couldn't capitalize when Clay went down. True. I mean, Clay missed what the last eight minutes of the Most, game. Most, if not all, that fourth quarter. Yeah, and, and they weren't able to take advantage of that. Right. Steph had the poops. I'm pretty sure he wasn't feeling well. No, they were going to the really back, sick. getting some IVs. Uh, he was not doing well. And Marcus Saul was invisible again. Pretty tough. And he Even either is really he's either really good or or really just a passenger. Even with a matchup with DeMarcus Cousins, who played close to 30 minutes, whereas yeah, in good. game one he only played eight minutes, That's if that's a matchup Gasol has to body him with, because there's no other big guys on the Warriors, now that we know that Ke- uh, Kevon, Kevon Looney, excuse me, yeah. is now out indefinitely. That came down as we're recording here tonight. Uh, he's out now, out indefinitely. So now there's one more body that Marcus Gasol can't match up against. Yeah, and I mean, it was just like looking at 
Gasol's line after, and he had six points, two of seven from the field, oh for two from three. I mean, they, they, as a team, they shot the three just horribly. Right. But it was also, I mean, a combination of that and a combination of, like you said, guys that, I mean, either couldn't get open when Kawhi was getting double teamed. I mean, I think Kawhi had five turnovers in the game. Right, yep. And it was a combination of those two things where when they would get the ball, it was just brick, brick, Brick. <laughs> More brick. Yeah. Building um, a house. And now it comes out. I mean, everybody's going through something injury wise, and, and Kawhi Leonard's no different. We know about the quad, but now it comes out today he's battling a sore left knee because he's trying to. Uh, Apparently, his quad's fine. Well, he's doing too much. He's, he counter, ha- he's carrying he right now. He has to do everything. So everybody's going through something. So that left knee is now also a concern as to on top of the quad. Uh, now, I guess kind of the debate around uh, sports media today is should they have fouled Andre Godal on that three point shot? They couldn't. They were selling out for a steal. Okay, so do you agree with that, though? I mean, yeah, I'd rather have Iguodala shooting when he was like over the century yeah. than anyone else. I don't, right? I don't understand why he was left wide open. I don't, I don't know who the guy was right underneath the bucket, but he just sat there and watched him. Right. I, I know he was trying. He was probably anticipating a miss. Kawhi was going for the rebound. Kawhi, I know, faded to the corner. I know Danny Green was somewhere in that mix. But I guess the the debate is also: Do you foul a guy like Draymond Green, who I think at they the tried time? To. He was shooting five for six on the free throw line, so he was actually locked in. If when, you're going to double team, I feel like you should foul no matter what, because if you're double teaming, that means that someone out there is open. Right. And if it gets to him, it could potentially hurt you, which it did. That three from Iguodala was the dagger. 100%. It was done. You foul him, you take your chances. Even if he gets one, you get the ball back, then you have a chance to tie the game with the three. They still had a timeout, so I guess the goal, like you said, Lance, was that yeah. they were going to try to rebound it. Well, uh, I mean, all timeout ends that they still have a play to get either a two to tie or a three to win. I mean, the rebound was just like to me that was just the happenstance of the aggression. I mean, they put the double team right on the half court, and then I think they were trying to foul there. And in, in any case, the ball gets out. Livingston runs to the ball. If Livingston, when that ball went to the top of the that arc, was incredible. If Livingston doesn't run to the ball, Kawhi has it, and Open we're not dunk. talking about this. Definitely. Open dunk. Yeah, definitely. it's completely different. Uh, but like it's... Livingston came to the ball. Which is rare. I'll tell you as a basketball person, it's rare for anybody to come right? through the ball. Right? Very it doesn't rare. happen. Yeah. And so it was like, if if Kawhi makes that steal, all of a sudden we're not talking about leaving Iguodala open. And even, like, out of all the guys on the floor, I'm happy that it's Iguodala shooting because yep. he, what, I think it was like two for something yeah. leading into it. Some stupid stuff. He was very he rough was, in the early yeah. going, yeah. It was, I mean, I agree. I he think that's, that's the best way to do it. But how uh, much time did they waste on that steal? Like, at what point do you sit there and say, well, like, okay, this is taking too long. Let's just go for the foul and let's try and, you know, foul and get some time back on our side. So you're trying to double Curry, right? Yeah. You don't want to put Curry on the line. No. Right. And I so get that. You, but you at what point do you know that the time's running out? Do you just have to say, you know what? Screw it. Maybe. Right? Because this this isn't working. I mean, they should have fouled Livingston. If he, uh, Kawhi, if he didn't get that, I mean, I know he was kind of out of the play as well. At least quickly turn around, get Livingston, but they didn't. I could yeah. be completely wrong, but didn't they have a timeout left? They did. With, yeah. When that play was happening? Yes. They so, I mean, won. like, I even what they could have done was, if Iguodala misses, they grab the rebound, take a timeout, they're at probably four and a half seconds on the clock. Right. It's enough to draw something up and play, yep. make a play, That's right? That's exactly what they're planning yep. for, like I said. So, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it was just the third quarter was their undoing. Was, like, you can't go no-show for six no. minutes or whatever it was. Listen, in the finals, you can't let the other team go on an 18-0 run and still think you're going to win this game. No. 
Uh, sorry, just to interrupt, boys. Uh, MRI on Clay Thompson's hamstring. We haven't even gotten into Clay. Very little. No. Uh, MRI comes back, confirms a hamstring, and he is likely questionable for Wednesday's game in Golden or That's in Oakland. push Kevin Durant to play. Does that, though? If you're Golden State and it's 1-1 and you know you're losing Clay Thompson, like you got, you got to put Kevin Durant in. Not if they win game three. Yeah, I think don't they, you want if, Kevin in for game three? The conspiracy, I'm not sure if you've talked to our co-worker upstairs, Stephen Ball. Oh, God. Stephen Ball. I wouldn't. He, I wouldn't he's not that. believing this calf strain for any amount of money in this world. He believes it's an Achilles. Oh, so do I. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with him there. You, I know we've talked about this before. He thinks it's a full-blown Achilles, yeah. but their warriors, are they're trying to hide it. They're trying to misguide it in any way possible to not let it distract, I guess, the team. Are they trying him. to scare the Raptors? Trying to say that he, like, just showing that Kevin Durant could come back at any time? Like, oh, you watch out. I don't know. But Kevin Durant might play. The way he reacted against the Rockets there in Game 5... It looked that, like he got kicked in the back of the That's leg, exactly that's how anybody who has a torn Achilles reacts and feels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I, I swear it's a torn ACL. Isn't that like a, a year? Yes, Achilles is, Achilles is a long time. Yeah. Like Kobe Bryant, a Richard Sherman in the NFL. Guys, uh, well, he's even, already been rehabbing for two weeks. DeMarcus Cousins had a torn Achilles last year. He was out for a full year. He so. hurt a lot. Um, anyway, so Raptors are, are tied now with the Warriors, one game apiece, heading to Oakland for game three. Going on into Wednesday. that game two, we were talking about uh, what the audience was 4.3 million viewers watched that. Sounds about right. Like average? More, yeah. More than 10 million Canadians tuned yeah. in at some point in that, that game. Right. But actually watching it was 4.3, making it the most watched NBA game in Canada. But down in the States, you see the stats on game one. It's the lowest game Yeah, because they in hate the Canada. And it's not a LeBron team facing yeah. the Warriors well, they and all that. It's because they love the NHL. <laughs> they can only yeah, handle. The I would NHL love right to now. see what the what the ratings are for that Stanley Cup. In St. Louis, probably pretty good locally. Let's go back to the, uh, Kawhi for a minute because I was reading today that uh, there was rumors that he may have purchased himself a house. I did see that as well in Toronto. Now sparking the rumors, is he signing an extension? Mm. Yes, I think he is. Short term. I think it might even be a short-term deal. I think it doesn't matter because yeah, in the does, NBA yeah. today, who cares? Yeah. That's true. Does it matter short-term Durant's or long-term? on a one-year and, and can opt out <laughs> If kind you're of a thing, Raptor yeah. fan, you should be so happy that this guy is actually thinking about staying. Yeah, by all reports, he, he likes the city. I mean, he Of course he does because the, the media, the Toronto media is crazy. They're, they're insane, but they leave Kawhi alone because they know that if they spook him, He's going to be on the first plane back to L.A. 100%. And he's going to be playing for the Clippers. So like they leave a deer. him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> deer in a headlight. <laughs> Gotta go to L.A. So he stays in Toronto. The media doesn't bother him. And the coaching staff lets him play once every two games. Yep. He missed, he wouldn't be able to do that he in He a quarter of the season this year. And there was nobody in the, in the management, the, the front office, you know, uh, crossed the dime. Yeah. It was perfect. It was, it was perfect. Because, look, they're in the finals right now. It didn't matter. Yeah. But if he goes in L.A. for the Clippers, I think that media is just as bad. Especially with LeBron on the other side. Arguably a tougher conference in some sense as well, going back to the West. Yeah. So you got to take that into account. If I'm a, a huge superstar, I would milk the East because the East is so lame. Right, like the West is 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 harder basketball to play. So lame it is. The East, the East, there there's no real big superstars. Like LeBron was able to be on top of the East for years, and no one could touch him. I'd stay there. The West, there's too many superstars. 
East is growing. And it's if, growing. I'll give it that. By all accounts, if, say, a Durant comes to the New York Knicks. Sure, yes. Kyrie jumps ship. Uh, you know, you still got the growth of Giannis uh, I think onto Kyrie's going to the Lakers. I think we're going to get oh, a Kyrie, oh, LeBron. That's another rumor, absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that again. Oh, God, that would be such a disaster. I mean, the Lakers are already a disaster, so who cares? Would you, okay, so on the Lakers, though, would you rather have a Kyrie Irving or would you rather have a Jimmy Butler, potentially? Oh. I'd rather have new management. Yeah, can I have <laughs> well, nobody? Can I, can That's I a whole that? different kettle but of probably, fish. I would probably take Kyrie Irving just because I think he would play better <laughs> with LeBron James. Yeah. I think they have better... Uh, they they know each other right from their time in Cleveland. Then what are you doing with a guy like Lonzo Ball at point guard? Oh, get rid of him. Another get rid option. Of his dad. Yeah. God, that family's crazy. <laughs> they really are. God. I like them. <laughs> you would. They're chaos creates so chaos. Bad. Yeah, they are chaos. I like that. Uh, moving on, I think, boys. We're going to move on to NHL now. Uh, chaos right now. I'm not sure if you guys have seen this, but uh, it's game three. Four. Four. <laughs> I can't even we get We love my... <laughs> the Stanley Cup playoff. Yeah, that's, we're that's so the thing, into though. it. We're, we're so into the Raptors that this is almost like a secondary point, but it's still Canada's game. And it's the, the Blues, the, who cares? The, well, I mean, the Blues have, I think, the most Sorry. Canadians out of anyone in the NHL, don't they? Good like, for them. I think it's like 16 or 17. Yeah, their yeah. roster is pretty stacked with some Canadian players. That's As good. we're recording this, it's 2-2 at the second intermission. Spicy. So, uh, very close game. They have to win. St. Louis has They'll to win, absolutely. percent uh, They got blitz, the Blues did, in game three. Uh, and it took a lot of, uh, you know... Stones, I guess, to, to pull Bennington because up until that point, Bennington was on fire. He was eliminating teams left, right, and center. But you know what? He had a bad game, and he's come back right now, and he's keeping them in the game as we speak. So I think it happens. You get a bad game, right? I mean, it's a seven-game series. You can't be on your game every single time. Right. But it's a good bounce back. You lose 7-2, and you get yanked. Yeah. You come back. Of course, the nerves are going to be there, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want to do this again. Well, they scored the first 45 seconds, I yeah. believe. So they got that crowd rocking right away, and yeah. it carried through that entire, basically the first half of the first period. Yeah. I mean, Bennington's, what, 12-2 and in games after a loss? Yeah. Something like that. And I mean, it's either going to be 13-2 and or 12-3 and by the time people hear this, but... <laughs> right. I, I mean, it wasn't even really his fault, like... The Bruins went four for four in the power play in game three on four shots. Yeah. Like St. Louis, play, play a little bit of D. <laughs> like <laughs> Block a shot. It's the Stanley Cup final. Well, just anybody. Help them out just a touch. But speaking of D, they, they probably got some help today. I think Vince Dunn was back in the lineup. I did yeah, see that. Vince yeah. Dunn got a point. He got an assist. I'm he not was, sure about Robert Thomas, though. Forward for the Blues. He he was the one who got hit by Tory Krug on that charge. Allegedly charge. That yeah, wasn't a charge. Was it? You don't think so? How else is he going to escape back he into the play? <laughs> from he has to zo- skate. He has to move his feet. Two zones, though? Yeah, he just built up. It's not like his fault. Bowl? He's fast. <laughs> That's true. And then he stopped skating by the time he got to the blue line. It was fine. Okay. Robert Thomas shouldn't have been standing there. Head but, down. Uh, but up. it was funny, like, because the biggest thing, I think, from the Blues' perspective is, is two things. Ryan O'Reilly can't win many face-offs up oh. until this point because he's facing Bergeron, Krejci, Coyle, and Corrali. Like, Charlie Coyle's got the worst face-off percentage in the playoffs, and he's, like, at 49.5%. Is that right, hey? Yeah. Holy cow. Out of those four centers. So, I mean, it's a huge task for O'Reilly, but and he scored. He was the one that scored that in 45 seconds or whatever. Right. But, I mean, for a guy like him who's taking, like, a third of his draws in his own end. Yeah. Or two-thirds of his draws it's in his own end. It's just taxing, right? Like, yeah, it's against tough. probably Bergeron most of the time as well, one of the best face-off men in the game today. Like, I'd assume, and especially for a guy like O'Reilly who prides himself on being good in the face-offs and stuff, it's got to be hard not to, you know, freak out a little bit. But between him and if Vince Dunn can get some life back into their defense, like, I think he had 70% of his 
face-offs or starting in offensive zones. Okay, So yep. clearly they want him to oh, shoot. yeah, yeah. Big weapon. I mean, Do people that, outside Boston really care about the Bruins? Outside, yeah. No, I think I think most people are cheering for the Blues in this yeah. series. I mean, I, I was just looking at both teams on paper, and I kind of think St. Louis is a better team on paper than Boston. More depth. I mean, is that crazy? Yeah, they're yeah, bigger. Is, really? That's not right. Really? I would yeah. take Ryan O'Reilly. I would take Tarasenko. Taras- I take. I would take Bowmeister as a. Uh, the, uh, the defensive defense. He's not going to score you goals. He's yeah. a good defense, though. Okay, yeah. No, Boston's way too good. No. Way too good. Even Top to ch- bottom. Even Char at 42 years old can still lay a beating on you. That's all he's got, though. His, his shot's not there anymore. That's true. No, so if all I have to worry about is the six-foot man punching me, I think I'd be okay. <laughs> they have sneaky. I'll, I'll block his shot. And the perfection line. I mean, that's one of the top lines in hockey, too. The only thing I'd be scared of is Tuka Ross because he's got so much... Uh, he, he's been here before. He is a different goaltender than the, yeah, he's when he was the like season. just blowing up. Like, yeah. he was just smashing sticks. And, I like that. You know, cussing. Yeah, I you like, like your, your like rowdy... I think up. we're finding a trend here tonight is that... <laughs> chaos. You like chaos. chaos. You love chaos. When it's not the, the teams that I support, then I want to see all the chaos. Like David Perron, Jaden Schwartz, Alexander Steen, Carl Gunnarsson. They're just good Did you Canadian just drop Carl Gunnarsson in yeah. that list? Shout out to the Leaf fans. Oh, good oh, lord. <laughs> oh, good lord. Yeah. No, I would take Boston's lineup every day. I think Boston's lineup Tyler top, to, top to bottom. Another Stop. former <laughs> Although it is, kind of, it is kind of cool. Like For a guy like Bozak, I am happy that he's getting a real shot in like, a yeah, deep playoff definitely. Yeah, definitely. No, that's he a guy that put it. in his time. He played well, you can say the same about Bomeister. Yeah, but I mean... Like, Bowmeister had to sit uh, and go through years in Florida. Like, that just kills somebody's well, bo- season. I don't feel bad for anyone Bobby that has to live Lou in Florida. Bobby Lou loves Your career Florida. dies in Florida. Well, it probably does. Luongo is like, yeah, I'll, I'll hang out somewhere, Sonny. I know I'm never winning a championship, and the media here doesn't care about hockey. Right. Sure, I'll show up and they play with, with Optimus Rhyme. <laughs> Another... <laughs> Oh my goodness! Getting right. sick of these former Leafs. <laughs> Another Leafs reference. It's because everyone takes like a tour through Toronto at some point. Oh don't, yeah. Don't worry, we're gonna be having enough Leafs talk come September. Don't That's worry. That's probably true. This is episode one. Uh, I guess do you want to throw in a quick little Mavericks locally? Uh, yeah, Mavericks. yeah. Plug to the Mavericks. They started the season two and one, which is good. Um, they also got smashed <laughs> on Saturday in Lethbridge, like eighteen to four. That's but kind of the, the thing with happen. this WMBL, right? Like WCBL. It's, yeah, I was gonna say it's a new league now. No more Wimble. They changed to the Western really? Canadian Baseball League. Yeah. Why do they do that? Because the Wimble sounded way too cool. Yeah, I like the Wimble. I don't I don't know why. No, I did I not know. know they changed that. But that league kind of <laughs> it, it seems weird where like one night you put up 18 19 runs and then the next night you get shut out. Yeah. yeah I think cuz the pitching is so, you know, kind of hit or miss. Well, part of it I think is is the time of year. I mean, a lot of these kids are kicking rust off and trying to figure out who Everyone is and trying yeah. to get an idea for different guys that they're playing, well, different it's, parks it's not they're a playing. Long season, and I feel no. like that's kind of a disadvantage. Like when you're only playing for two months. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel I notoriously with this league, you start to really see it by the third week in June. Like yeah. by summer, we'll start to see teams on full tilt, and we'll start to know where they're at. But a couple of really cool stories from uh, early on for the Mavs: returning first baseman Sal Rodriguez already has two bombs and six RBIs. Uh, newcomer John Velasco has two home runs, four RBIs, and local him. kid ne- uh, Nolan Radai yeah. also has a home run, well which done. is super cool. So a little bit of offense coming early for the and uh, some local boys. So yeah. yeah, and they're packing the park too. Tonight I, was packed the park. Yeah, I've seen a few uh, pictures from Athletic Park, and it, it looks uh, pretty full. Like that's good. I like that. Absolutely. I don't. I don't. I feel like the Mavericks don't get the recognition that they deserve. I mean, these guys won a championship last year. Last year, but you didn't really hear about it. 
Yeah. Like social media, like on Twitter, it was very hard to find stuff on the Mavericks. So like, the, I'd say the final series. Yeah. Then yeah. it was game on game. Everybody was involved. And I kind of think that's kind of a disadvantage. Yeah, true. Like the Tigers are so good with their social media. Yeah. Like they'll tell you uh, goals, what the score is after every that's true. period. I mean, even Chat 94.5 does that, right? On, on social media. Yeah. The, the Mavericks don't really have that. There might be some local guys, uh, local guys from the newspaper that kind of yeah. follow the team as well, do a really good job, I'd say. But you're right, locally in in the studio, or not the studio, but in the stadium, it's a little bit lacking, yeah. so I agree with that, yeah. Can we do our best to shed some more light on the Mavericks, son? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's necessary. We'll have a correspondent, downfield level. Right. We're going to media pass. Yeah. Do we have a We're media. Do we have a budget? No. Well, Can we no. spare 20 bucks each? I don't know. Judging from the old Milwaukee I'm drinking, <laughs> no, we don't have a budget. <laughs> budget went out the window. Yeah, yeah. It'll grow. Um, I think that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Uh, thank you very much for finding us, wherever you did find us. Uh, we're going to be on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. Uh, for Lance Dahl and Jesse Christensen, Colby McKee signing off till next week. Thanks for listening to On the Board. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash on the board podcast. Yes. Yes.